Well, I guess as we get started here, welcome Church at the Red Door. You're uh, halfway around the world, or we are halfway around the world, however you'd like to look at that. We're uh, extremely excited. We've got, I've got 70 of my closest friends now here with me, and uh, plus our, our really extended family, which is here at the college. So, you know, when you think of it, I'm not sure, have, have we hit 100 million hits on the website as the college? I think we've, yeah, 80 million hits on this website. I mean, this is profound, and many in Arabic and Hebrew, they're subtitled, and a lot of you can uh, see that, and we're even, I think we will have just run a clip at Church at the Red Door prior to that as, as it relates to something that's been going on in Gaza. Uh, this is exciting. Look, I'm telling you, if the gospel can work here... <laughs> You know, sometimes we think, you know, in our little peaceful world over in America, and people are so nominal, and, and they grew up maybe in and around the church, and they go to church, and they don't really think deeply. They think, well, I'm glad I'm saved. They don't think about it. And you think about, you know, even it's, it's really challenging. The gospel is even challenging in the U.S., but it's so, but if it can work here, if it can bring uh, Gentile and Jew, especially Arab and Jews together, I mean, you think, wow, we are, we are on to something, and uh and that's essentially what Jesus proclaimed. So, first of all, I want to introduce uh, Dr. Saref and have him just give you any opening comments that he wants. And then he's going to introduce uh, three of our uh, treasured guests here today. And then I'm going to try to give a little bit of direction and let them essentially tell their story. So, welcome, Dr. Eris Saref. Welcome, everybody. Shalom. It's wonderful to see many friends that I've uh, met at the Church of the Red Door and uh, meet new ones and so glad you got to come to uh, our home as it was and uh, we really pray, I wanted to hear that first, we pray that your time in Israel will truly be a time you hear from God and you know that the things that are in your heart, in your hearts uh, is something that God can really touch and uh, refresh in a wonderful spiritual way. So, you know, Israel is kind of, a, it was a little bit on that video, but it, it's kind of um, made out of contrasts. So from here, I mean, actually, you, you were staying at the Ritz-Carlton. I don't know if you're aware <laughs> that right next to you was the headquarters of Microsoft and Apple and Cisco and many, many other uh, companies like that uh, here in Israel. And then you're coming here with media evangelism and, you know, training pastors and leaders. Now, from here, you're going to go, my guess is you're going to go to Caesarea, we're going to visit the 2,000-year-old, you know, uh, amphitheater, and, and then you're going to go to Jerusalem where you see a 4,000-year-old uh, structures and so on. So that, that's Israel, a lot of contrasts. And the, the key, you know, as you meet us is um, what we call it the living stone, visiting the living stones. And these are the, uh, you know, all of us, part of the family of God, part of the church, and for us here in Israel, you know, it's, it's strange to think, but the gospel was not accessible. It was, there was no access for many Jewish people and Arab people through most of church history. And through church history, when there were, uh, God, when God would send people with the message of the gospel, mainly from the West, to come to us and tell us about Jesus, Jewish people and Arab people, we would look at them and say they don't look like us, they don't speak like us, they don't know our language, they don't know our customs, and they're bringing us their foreign God, which is a strange thing considering, you know, Jesus is Jewish and he lived and worked here. But <laughs> that's how Jewish and Arab people thought. And now this dynamic is changing. 
with us telling our families, our neighbors, our people that Yeshua, Jesus, is our Messiah. Now, it doesn't mean that this message is popular. You know, Israel, by the way, is a democracy, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Believe what you want, proclaim what you want, if you're an Israeli. So everything that we do is completely legal. However, that doesn't mean that everybody likes it. So both on the Jewish side and the Arab side, there are many that believe they serve God by trying to stifle our work in any way possible. And I say any way possible means could mean demonstrations, articles in the paper, and of course, more personable visits and life threats and those kind of things. And so that's, for us, that's, that's life. Well, with that, again, I want to introduce some of our um, team members. And uh, we're probably about 40 or 50 people that uh, serve together here in a variety of, of roles. So let me introduce first Dr. Seth Postel, our academic dean. Seth, if you can come over, please. So Jeffrey will interview Seth, and you can get to hear from uh, Seth more of his life and his role. And I want to uh, invite Shams Asfu, our receptionist. Shams is a, an Arab believer from the Galilee. And also Carlos Damianos. Carlos, although he has a Spanish-sounding name, is our lead Arab evangelist and Arab believer from Haifa. Please come on, Carlos. And with that, Jeffrey, I'll get the mic to you. All right. This is going to be fun, huh? Are you excited? This is going to be great. Well, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? Because I've actually not uh, met Carlos before. I know a lot about Carlos and, uh, I, because I met his brother Thomas. And it's, I don't know if Thomas is even here, but I met Thomas, and he told me uh, his, his story was very much uh, involved Carlos, obviously. Carlos, give us, I'm just going to open-end it, man. Give us your story. I mean, how, why, how in the world did you get to be sitting here today? Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe someone can to... Uh, okay. Okay, I grew up in uh, a normal uh, Christ, uh, Christian uh, family. Uh, my father, uh, he is uh, from Greek. My mom, she was born in Lebanon. I was born in this country, in Haifa. Uh, when I was um, 30, uh, 14 uh, year, um, I, I grew up uh, with, uh, I have uh, four, five uncles. They are uh, 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 use uh, cocaine and heroin. Uh, I know the cocaine when I was a, a, a boy. Uh, the first time I uh, used uh, cocaine when I was uh, 16 years old. Um, uh, I, I make uh, very problems with uh, many people because I use uh, drugs and uh, uh, I have a friends, chemical. Uh, uh, some uh, uh, one day I. Uh, uh, I uh, I stepped someone. Uh, he want to kill me. I stepped him thirteen time, everywhere in his uh, body. Uh, thank the Lord, he is not uh, didn't die. Uh, the police put me in the jail, and uh, someone he came and uh, uh, share with me. 
about Yeshua, Jesus Christ. I, bur I, I born in, in Christian family and grow up in Catholic school. But when I heard this name, this is the first time I can understand what, what, what I, 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 I can't understand anymore about Yeshua. When he, uh, 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 he, he, he shared me about uh, 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 Jesus, he died on the cross, and he can to change your heart, Carlos, if you just believe and go uh, open your heart for uh, God. Uh, when he left my, uh, my room, I... I fell down and I start to uh, cry. And I immediately I, uh, I, I, uh, I see, I saw like cover uh, come and uh, clean my heart, my hands. And I cry. Um, I feel the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus, he cleaned my face, my heart, my, uh, my, uh, uh, every, every, everything in my, uh, in my body. And uh, immediately I can't touch the cocaine. I, I have five gram in uh, my room. I can't never to touch the cocaine. The Holy Spirit give me a new heart a new vision, and uh, I, I, what I, I need to know this Lord. Um, okay, after uh, one month, I call to this man who uh, I stepped him, and I ask him if he can to come in our home. I want to speak with them. Uh, he afraid, but he can. Uh, maybe he came with ga a gun. Uh, I told him, okay, he heard about my life change because I am uh, popular in my, in my uh, city. And when I met him, I told him, I am sorry. Today I am a new uh, person and I, uh, I, I, I ask you to forgive me. Uh, okay. And uh, he cried, and I cried. Uh, after one year, he he born uh, his his uh, wife. She is born uh, Ben, yeah, and call his baby a Carlos, <laughs> like me. He is came to faith, and he baptized this man. Uh, in this time, I my heart is so hunger to know the Lord. And I pray to uh, um, option. two option, option I, 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 I have uh, to go or to Bethlehem to study the word of God or to come to ICB, to this place. And after four or five months, I, I I feel that the Lord, he wants he, he want to move me to come to this place. I finish the uh, baccalaureate, the BA here, 
I thank the Lord because we are <laughs> I can't to speak Hebrew and Arabic and in this time I I started to dream how I can to uh, bring the gospel because only the gospel uh, changed my heart and I believe that the gospel can to change anything everywhere especially in this place in the Middle East. Uh, I continue another one year with a pastor's uh, program with a Arab and Jew uh, uh, here one year. We cry together, we study together, uh, and uh, thank the Lord. We, we started to preach the gospel uh, to make. We started make a... A, a short videos in Arabic language and shared uh, in Gaza, especially in Gaza, in Egypt, in Iraq, in Jordan. We have many people. They are a Muslim background. They are so hunger to the gospel. And we have many, many stories, dramatic stories, how people, they are grew up to, uh, they are hate the Christians, hate the Jew people, hate the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Bible, how the Holy Spirit opened uh, their uh, heart. And uh, yeah, today, we are disciple many people from Gaza. Uh, we have someone, uh, his background from Al-Qaeda. He came uh, to Jesus and we disciple him in Berlin. Every month I go uh, to Berlin to disciple him. He and uh, his uh, wife, he, uh, his wife, from Iraq, from Shia. He is from Sunni, okay? Uh, he, he was under Osama bin Laden and another one. And uh, thank the Lord, we, we, we come to bring the gospel. We don't afraid because we, we know who is the Lord. We believe in the gospel. And we need for your love and support us in your prayer. That is so powerful. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> now, I want to do just before, before we move on here, I want to give this to Seth Postel, who's become a very uh, treasured friend. I want you to tell us something about Carlos that Carlos would never tell about himself. So, uh, well, I know that Carlos wouldn't be ashamed at all to say that he's also married to a Jewish woman who loves Jesus. And so Carlos is somebody that absolutely, the gospel really got a hold of him. And so he loves Arabs, Jews in a way that's just amazing. He shared the gospel and has led many Jewish people to the Lord. Um, maybe what Carlos wouldn't share 
um, but something that he would need prayer for is that just even last week his tires were slashed and his wife found that and we've actually from the college we've put security cameras at his house so he's constantly has to check um, the safety of his wife and his children um, but one of the things I know about Carlos is he is really not afraid to die and he and his wife had to make a very difficult decision and that decision was together that we, they were willing to share the gospel in the most hardcore places of the world with people that have no issue with seeking him out and putting him to death and so that's one thing I know that Carlos wouldn't say to you but I, I, I would just ask that you remember Carlos and his wife Tanya and their amazingly beautiful wonderful daughters and just keep them in, in your prayers now uh, uh, Eris why don't you tell us a little bit about Shams and then uh, have her tell a little bit of her story, and I think she wants one of you to translate as well. Okay, so Shams Asfour uh, is from the Galilee. Her name, Shams, means sun or sunshine. So she beams <laughs> here for us constantly. And uh, she's a very humble uh, woman of God, but loves the Lord, always has a smile for everyone, and in many, many ways, in her ministry here, she's the glue of uh, everything we do. So, a wonderful woman of God. Um, I will talk in Hebrew, <laughs> and Erez will translate for me. Uh, so, my name is, is Shams, it means sunshine, like Erez mentioned. I was born to a Christian family. And as I grew up, I heard about Jesus and I, I basically believed in Jesus, but I learned that Jesus is only ours, you know, the Arab Christians, and it does, he does not belong to the Jews. <laughs> so with that kind of frame of mind, I was growing up. Uh, my family, I grew up in a single parent family. My uh, parents were divorced. <laughs> And as a, as a young girl, it was very challenging for me to see my parents uh, fighting, eventually uh, separating and divorcing. It made growing up very challenging as a, as a young girl. And I constantly felt uh, very lonely, very alone, and that my life had, um, you know, I had no point in living. And I was trying to pray, but I felt very, very empty inside, and I came to the conclusion that I just can live by trying to survive each day. 
בוכה ואני לא יודעת כל יום בלילה ואף אחד לא יודע את זה הייתי לבד ולא שיתפתי את זה עם אף אחד כי לא רציתי לתת עוד יותר עוול למשפחה שלי אז And in my loneliness I would cry every night uh, by myself I would not tell about this to anybody I didn't want to put even extra burden extra burden on my family so it was a very lonely place for me העדפתי להשאיר את זה לי, ואז לפני שבע שנים התחלתי ממש להרגיש שאני לא יכולה להמשיך ככה, יש משהו שצריך להשתנות. ואז פגשתי החתן של אחותי, והוא היה מאמין, וסיפר לי שאני הייתי מכירה את ישוע, אבל לא במובן שממש שאני יכולה לפתוח בו לשנות את החיים שלי. Husband, Jesus, Jesus I mean, I Jesus, him, ואז... התפללתי לישוע ואמרתי לו שאני רוצה, בתפילה פשוטה, שאני רוצה שתשנה את החיים שלי. ותן לי לראות את השינוי, ותן לי לחוות את האהבה שלך. ואז אלוהים התחיל לעשות משהו בלב שלי. It was then that God started doing a work in my heart. התחלתי להרגיש שאני לא לבד. I began to feel that I'm not alone. And even though circumstances outside have not changed, I felt that there was someone with me, caring about me, loving me. ואז התחלתי שאני רוצה להכיר את האדון עוד ועוד דרך הכתובים שלו. ואז התחלתי ללמוד לבד את הכתובים בבית. ואלוהים לימד אותי הרבה דברים שאף פעם לא הייתי קוראת את ה... אבל כאילו העיניים שלי נפתחות לדברים חדשים. And I discovered many, many new things. You know, I used to read the Bible even before, but this, this time my eyes as if were opened and I could see many deeper things. And And as a result of some of the difficulties I've experienced growing up, um, I found a deep desire in my heart to get training to help other young women and girls that uh, maybe are experiencing my difficulties um, in the same way. And as I prayed, the Lord has opened many doors for me to help uh, young women and young girls uh, in my church. And 
And through the conversation, I felt very strongly I needed to come here to this place and study. And uh, so I decided to consult my pastor and uh, I set a time to meet with him and as I got to meet him something supernatural happened he actually started talking first and he told me Shams how about going to Israel College of the Bible and getting your training and counseling there? אז אני התרגשתי ואמרתי לו שאתה יודע שכל הזמן אני הייתי מתפללת בדרך שאם אתה רוצה, שאלוהים, אם אתה רוצה ממני ללכת ללמוד במכללה אז תן לי תשובה ברורה, לא מחשבות. So I told my pastor, do you know, this is really what I wanted to talk about and in fact I was praying the whole way and the whole time that for the Lord to really show me, give me a tangible sign that he wants me to come to study at the college. ואז זה מה שקרה, באתי לפה והתחלתי ללמוד קאונסלינג, ייעוץ. So this, uh, what took place, I, I came over to this place, I started to study counseling. ואני מאוד מודה לפה, לצוות, שמאוד מאוד עזרו לי לעשות את התוכנית בצורה שאני עושה את התוכנית לבד פה. כי ארז ועוד אנשים מהצוות מאוד עזרו לי לבנות תוכנית מיוחדת בשבילי. ואז כאשר התחלתי את הלימודים פה, ידעתי שישוע, שאני בילדות שלי חשבתי שזה שלנו, זה לא רק שלנו, כי יש יהודים משיחים שהם מאמינים באותו ישוע ויש להם אותו לב לשרת אותו ויש להם לב גדול שאף פעם לא הכרתי בעבר שלי. Uh, and they have the same heart to serve him, and we found that kind of a unity in our uh, calling and our purposes. It's been a blessing. And five months ago, the Lord has also opened the door for me to uh, start uh, working here and serving together with, uh, with the team here. It's been a blessing. ואני מודה לאלוהים על הכל. ואני מודה לאלוהים על הכל. 
Paul describes this as, as a mystery that was mind-boggling, that Jews and Gentiles would come together and create a nation. Jesus even say, you know, it's going to be taken away from you and given to a nation. Some people think it's going to be taken away. That was interpreted to be taken away from the Jewish people. That's ridiculous. It was going to be a new nation. It was going to be a one new man, new nation, including Jews and Gentiles who were believing into Jesus, which breaks down every ethnic barrier uh, for all the barriers that are erected, whether it be the law and the enmity of the law or otherwise. And this is a demonstration of that. We don't see that uh, very often in the U.S., especially now we feel so divisive, you know, politically and otherwise. But the fact that we can come together and that's male, female, that's slave and free, like Paul said. So uh, the next guy here is, uh, again, a dear friend, uh, Dr. Postel. And uh, quick background here. I, we were, it was my last time, I swore, it was my last time to ever come to Israel. And uh, Marty Jacobus, who is part of the Church of the Red Door, and I'm sure going to be there uh, in the congregation. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was one of the VPs at Southeastern Seminary. And he called me, and he'd never been to Israel or anything. He says, there's, there's a guy you need to meet. Don't you sometimes go to Israel? And I just happened to be going to Israel in two weeks. And I, go every, I would go every two or three years and kind of sworn off going. But I said, in two weeks, I'm going. So he said, there's a guy you have to meet. I said, Dennis, I said, there's no way I have time. I, can't. I said, I'd love to, but we've been meeting this guy and this guy. We're packed to the brim. There's no way we can do it. He said, well, no, you have to. I'm just, Jeff is one of my dear friends. Said, you have to meet this guy. You have to meet this guy. This guy studied under uh, Salehammer's great uh, Old Testament scholar, one of, the, one of the greatest. And he said, he said, this guy was his finest student that he ever had in all the years that he taught. And he, you have to meet with this guy. And I said, I can't. So basically what I did, we got to the King David, and he said, he's coming to Jerusalem. I said, all right, all right. And I sent Marty to meet, meet him. And Marty got down and he says, you might want to come down and meet this guy. And so I, you know, begrudgingly got up and went down and met Seth. And I'm so glad I did. And that's what initially started uh, my relationship with Seth. And that's how I met uh, Eris and the rest of the team. So, um, Seth, I mean, I'd like for you, I'm going to give you open-ended. If you'd like to tell your story or just anything that's on your heart about the school or about just, uh, just anywhere you would like to go. Well, it's really great to be here, and Jeffrey, it's just a, a privilege just to, to be with you and just to see how the Lord's also using you and, and at the Red Door and, of course, here at the college and one for Israel, and, and it really is a blessing, and, uh, you know, it's just, to me, it's just an honor. I think when I think about the types of things that I do, um, you know, one for Israel, Israel College of the Bible, a lot of really exciting things are happening, but I, I just, maybe if I could kind of give you through my eyes, a um, lot of great things, but I think one of the things that has become quite natural to us, but it ought not to be natural, is the fact that the four of us are sitting here together, Arabs and Jews, but we're beyond that. Like, we don't think of each other as Arabs and Jews. We're family. And just to see the ways in which the gospel has completely transformed the way that we live together, the way that we minister together, we really love each other, and there's nothing about us that we're not, this is not trying to pretend. Another thing that it's important for you to understand, and maybe this is, can encourage you in the United States, because, you know, I, every morning I, you know, I look at the news, and obviously it's a very divided country uh, there, and, um, you know, we're not a reconciliation ministry. 
we really aren't. And in fact, I can, I can say that um, in our experience, reconciliation ministries don't work. And now let me explain why. Because if, if we're a reconciliation ministry, so then Shams has to come and she's already coming to meet with Seth. Who and, and both of us are already coming into this meeting with a recognition that there's something that separates us and we have to kind of bridge the gap to be together. So you start on the wrong foot. You've already started with, okay, we're divided. How are we going to get together? But here at the at One for Israel, um, and I can honestly say this, what drives everything we do is the Great Commission. It's all about the gospel. It's all about the fact that we really desperately and truly want to see people come to know Jesus because he's changed our lives. And so when we come together, when Arab students come to the college or even when Jewish students come to the college and we're together, we never think, oh, we need to be reconciled. Ephesians chapter 2, we take for granted, we take as the foundation of everything, we are reconciled. Whether we feel it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, you can't undo what Jesus has done on the cross. He is our peace. And so what brings us together is a passion for the Lord Jesus. And then what ends up happening is when you're together, you actually get to places where you can start to talk about things that are very personal and very dear and maybe sometimes painful. But here's what's interesting. In all my years, you know, I've worked with Carlos for several years. You know, Shams, I've known Shams for two years. Do you realize that in all these years, we've never talked about politics? Not once. We've never talked about the past. We've never, it's never even come up. And to be honest, I don't think it ever will because we've got far more exciting things to talk about. We've got far more exciting things. We get excited just to be together, to enjoy the, the grace that God has given us as Jews and Arabs, one in Messiah. And so maybe that's something I can encourage you is really, you know, <laughs> the, the uniting ground is Jesus. And so that's something I wanted to share with you. I think for me and... Uh, maybe as the dean of the college and, and seeing our students, I, I know that we're not supposed to have favorites, okay? I'm going to admit something to you. It's going to be taped, and so just destroy the tape afterwards. I, I know that, you know, I, I love our students. I really do. And I know that we're not supposed to have favorites. I get that. But I got to tell you something. As a Jewish person that grew up very aware of the situation between Jews and Arabs and and you know, here living in Israel, I can honestly say that I really love our Arab students. There's just something about, I, I'm a hugger, so I, I like to hug, but there's just something about hugging our Arab students and just being able to just hold on to them a little bit longer, just to let them know how grateful I am for them and just the power of the gospel. And so I think that's the one thing that makes me more exciting than anything else is that we are living proof that the gospel really works and changes lives. Hey, Seth, I have one more question for you, and it's uh, talk about the challenge of leaving the comfy U.S. to come to Israel as a function of calling as opposed to 
because I even alluded to it last week, and you could have had a nice, cushy pastoral job as a, as a, a Jewish pastor in the U.S. and probably could have created a, a nice, sizable congregation, and yet you uh, felt a calling here. Talk about kind of how that happened a little bit and then about, your, uh, about the challenges of that, because you were obviously born in the U.S. Um, you may, some of you may not know. That's why English is so profoundly good, better than, better than mine. So I guess, um, you know, one of the things that years ago that actually resulted in me staying in Israel, I'll never forget, there was a wonderful brother in the Lord who's now with the Lord. His name is Victor Smaja. And uh, we were sitting, and living in Israel wasn't even on the radar. It just wasn't something I thought about. Um, You know, I... I knew that, you know, my parents loved me, you know, or God loved me and my parents had a beautiful plan for my life, right? (laughs) And so I knew that, you know, I would finish up. I was studying at Hebrew University and I was going to go back and I had a a theological education and I'll just never forget that he sat with me and he said, you know, he said, Seth, he said, you know, you have a theological education and um, you can speak Hebrew and he said, you know, this is your home. And God is doing so many things here. This is, this is a place you need to be. And after I, I walked away, I actually, I spent the next half an hour, I couldn't stop crying. And I guess the realization is that um, the church, for, for 2,000 years, there really wasn't much here. I mean, you had, you had the, you know, the denominational major religion churches, but that they weren't driven by the Great Commission, the gospel. It wasn't about reaching Jews and Arabs, and, and so when I, when I got here in the early 90s, um, there were very few believers, and if you, you know, and most of the believers were from outside the country, so if you actually met a native-born Israeli believer, you had to touch them, right? Wow, you're from, you're, you're really a native-born Israeli. There were there hardly any, but all this to simply say that um, I guess I realized even as I got my training and my education is that, you know, there, there are thousands and thousands of guys in the United States that have theological education and and there are a lot of guys that are real great and 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 there are many of us Um, and but I just felt like here that there was just such a need and and just just the miracle of the rebirth of the state of Israel a miracle of the what God's doing among the Arabs here and and I guess that's what keeps me here is I would you know if I ever the thought of leaving, I would feel like I would, uh, you know, the, the, the safest place and the best place to be is in the will of God, right? And, and there's always, you know, the, the fallacy of the there, you know, the here and the there. It'll always be better there. But the problem is, is it's impossible to be there. You're always here, right? You, you kept talking about when I get to Israel, when I'm there, but you're here. And you're going to be here. And so I guess the point is, is that you have to bloom where you're planted. But I just, I feel it's a privilege to be able to serve and a privilege to be able to be a part of what God is building. And, you know, it's a small part. It's not, you know, God's doing some great things and using a lot of people. And just the fact that I can be a small part of of something amazing and so much bigger than myself is really a privilege. And to God be the glory. Seth, that's awesome. You know, one of the things that strikes me too, when I was, especially when I was listening to Carlos' testimony and Shams, 
uh, and we've talked a little bit about this, but it almost always starts with, I met a guy or I met a gal. Uh, we in the West tend to think that if I could just get him to, you know, formerly a Billy Graham crusade or a Greg Laurie crusade or something, maybe they'll come to Jesus. The fact of the matter is most people come to know Jesus as a function of having just sovereignly met somebody that was willing to lay down their time, their energy, and their life just to share the gospel. And I think oftentimes we th many, you just say, oh, I don't know what to say. They're going to ask me a question I don't know. It's so powerful just saying Jesus changed my life, and it, it starts a, a chain that may end up being at some big, you know, forgive me for using the word crusade. That, does, that doesn't fly over here as well as it did in the <laughs> States. They finally changed that, the Billy Graham uh, stuff, you know, the crusade stuff. Forgive me for that, but uh, how insensitive that was. But anyway, um, it almost always started, started that way with me, started that way with uh, them. And I know, Eris, too, it started that way with you. Uh, you were, I think, in the IDF, right? And then just met somebody. Why don't you briefly say that? I know he's kind of shared his testimony. Some of you may not have heard it. And then I want to talk to Ayers and kind of point to the future and say, let's dream out 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and even maybe beyond our own lifespan and kind of what's going on in your own heart. So maybe just share your, a little bit of your testimony and then a little bit about the future. So, um, as Jeffrey said, I think some of you may have heard my story. I've uh, grown up, was born and raised here, grown up in a uh, traditional Jewish family, as we call it here. And for the first time in my life, I mean, I've, by the way, been to Jerusalem, Sea of Galilee, many, many different, Caesarea, of course, many different places throughout my childhood, and never heard anything about Jesus of Nazareth, never met a Christian person, uh, never seen the New Testament, even to this day, by the way. Go to any bookstore. You can find any book you want in Hebrew except the New Testament. Uh, I, uh, after I finished the IDF, uh, like a lot of Israelis, I traveled the world, and uh, it was in, in Amsterdam, Holland, that I met a group of, uh, by the way, to which I came for with very ungodly purposes, but <laughs> that was where I met a group of Christians for the first time in my life. And it was uh, through the testi testimony of those young, enthusiastic, gentle Christians that have caused me, as a Jew, to jealousy. Um, I had a, it's a long story, but I eventually started reading the Bible, and I had a spiritual experience with uh, the Lord. Um, and the thing was, I was convinced I was the first and only, you know, Jewish person that become a follower of Jesus since Paul or something, because, <laughs> you know, I never heard of anybody else. So I was uh, excited to come back home and tell my family, my friends, and, and so on. I was very excited. I thought it's going to be great, you know, all my childhood friends and friends from the army. We're all going to be believers like the apostles. We're going to, you know, go and share the gospel with my people, our people. Um, the reality was that the consensus was that I lost my mind. You know, I was brainwashed or something terrible happened. Uh, but I discovered that I was not the only believer in Israel. This is almost 30 years ago, and there were between 25 and uh, 30 messianic congregations in the entire country. You know, a handful, maybe a hun several hundred uh, believers. And, uh, you know, now, at present time, last year we published a study that we did. There are over 300 messianic congregations in the country uh, with a very conservative estimate is 30,000 Messianic Jewish believers that are regularly fellowshipping. There's probably at least double that number 
that are not in regular uh, church fellowship. And so, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I, I shortly after I became a believer, I, I went to university. And we would sell the New Testament, show the Jesus film, talk to our fellow students, and every time would get the same response. And that is, well, you're a Jew. How come you talk to us about Jesus? I mean, who's ever heard of, you know, Jewish people that believe in Jesus? So it doesn't happen. Uh, today, when we go out on the street and we talk to people about Jesus, the, the response is different. It doesn't mean that everybody, everybody likes it, but everybody heard that there's a growing group of Jewish people that are followers of Jesus. So there's a truly a qualitative change, a qualitative difference among Jewish people uh, in regards to Jesus of Nazareth. And that's, you know, exciting to see in 30 years. You know, isn't that amazing? I mean, it's just an awesome, awesome picture. <laughs> this is a very disputed passage. Uh, eschatology is the study of things in the future, things to come. And Isaiah 2 is, uh, this is the way I have viewed this and have for a long time. It just says, uh, it will come about in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. And many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the Lord, the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, that we may walk in his paths. Now, some people put that off and maybe into a millennial reign. Some people say that maybe happened, you know, 2,000 years ago. I mean, just a lot of things that you may apply that to. I really believe if it doesn't have a multiplicity of, of fulfillment, it certainly applies to today. And I'm going to speak now just to pastoral friends that might come across this one day in the future. You know, I, th I believe that if I'd have stayed in the U.S. and had uh, my experience, I had everything I needed for salvation. I had the Word. I had this great, you know, there's great, as Seth alluded to, great theological training. Now with the Internet, it's just profound. I would not necessarily have needed to come here, certainly for my salvation. But I will tell you as I confess to the bus on the way over here, uh, David was already able to correct me on something I said this morning. I learned so much. I think the nations are streaming here. We're going to see bus after bus after bus after bus streaming into Jerusalem. Some will learn better than others, but I believe our, our privilege to be taught by Jewish believers in Jesus is no different than the privilege that the Cornelius, who was on this very path, on the way to Caesarea from what used to be Joppa and now Tel Aviv, the same privilege Cornelius had or the Roman centurion or some of these others that learned through the gospel coming, not only through Jesus, but then through the apostolic light to the nations, as Paul alludes, and calls themselves in Acts chapter 13. We, the believing Jewish community, are a light to the nations. He actually applied that messianic prophecy to themselves we can learn so much about our faith and also project us into a, a passionate desire to live a sacrificial life, not just a church on Sundays kind of life, that we actually have great resolve. And one of the things I get here every time I come is it, it, it gives me great resolve in an increasingly dark place called the United States. So, Ares, as you look out over the you know, next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. What are your hopes, your aspirations? I mean, the Lord obviously does things in ways that we would never assume that he's going to do. But kind of what's on your heart as we kind of wind this down? 
Well, I'll mention uh, two, two areas of where we see God calling us. Uh, but I want to I wanna look back maybe, I think it must be 15 years ago. So 15 years ago is before we moved to this building. We were renting another building, not actually not that far from here. And, um, you know, the students would come. We had several dozen students at the time. And when before they would come, I would come early in the morning, put the, you know, the tables and the chair up. I would kind of clean the room, uh, prepare the, the couple of the classrooms. And actually, one of my friends used to introduce me. Oh, this is Ares. He's the janitor, the teacher, the president of the college. <laughs> and uh, my prayer through those years has been, um, God, I'm praying you'll bring more people and that they will be better at some of those things that I'm doing than I am. And the biggest blessing for us has been that God has been bringing, you know, people like Seth for the academic department, Carlos, others in our media department. And um, so that's been a tremendous blessing. And we're praying for, you know, I mentioned just, uh, I think, to a couple of my friends here that we've been chasing God, trying to catch our breath as things are moving forward and, and the speed we're hardly prepared. And so as we look forward, as I look forward, as I pray about, going forward, two areas. One, as Jeffrey mentioned earlier on, you know, those short videos in Hebrew and English and Arabic have been viewed more than 80 million times. There are eight and a half million people residing in Israel. So, you know, the law in Israel changed in 2017 to the effect of um, uh, media, and now anybody can purchase and broadcast a television station. Um, so we were thinking, well, should we go, you know, should we make an effort to buy a television station and start getting on, you know, the networks here? But then we realized, well, really where TV is going is internet TV anyway. So our goal is to continue and use me media, and in 10, 20, 15 years, uh, 15, 25 years, is to see that Yeshua, Jesus, through us and others that are working alongside with us, making Yeshua a household name, in the Jewish and Arab world, but, you know, but Ares, doesn't that also it, the barriers even to other <coughs> nations around you come down via internet? I mean, that's what I mean. Even with a television station, you'd have limited range, but with the internet, it's right now it's unlimited. So you know, we, we we were thinking, how can we bless our neighboring countries? We can't go there. You know, I I can't go to most of the countries around. I mean, they won't let me in, or if they do let me in, they certainly won't let me out. <laughs> So we said, well, we don't need to send physical missionaries anymore. We can just send the message via the Internet. So we just expect a dramatic expansion. Uh, manpower is the key as you pray for us. We need more people. Um, and we would hire probably three or five more video editors and media people now if we had the people. So that's one. Here, here's, here's my hope. Here's, here's now I'm going to give you a little bit of my hope. I'm hoping that there will be many churches in the, in the U.S. and other places around the world. You know, we have a, a, an arm in Asia and Hong Kong, some beautiful brothers that uh, really, really believe in the mission of what's going on here and have a passion to support it, not only in prayer but financially and otherwise. You know, my hope is that uh, there will be many churches, and I can tell you, Church of the Red Door, I mean, even our name, it, you know, <laughs> Out of Exodus 12, you hear me preach virtually every week. Uh, it inspires people. And we're seeing Jewish people come to know Jesus as we in, in the desert. And that's my hope that we continue to have that. And it's not just, oh, that Jeff who's all into Israel kind of thing. It just to me is the, 
It's the power of the gospel, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. That's what Paul said. So I, I would pray and hope that we would be able to look 10, 15 years down the road, and this is what I was talking to Ayers and said a little bit about this week. What if rather than just going to the sites with all the trinkets and the stuff, we need to do that, right? Don't get me wrong. It's great to be there where Jesus was. But that, think about it, if church after church were able to file through here and actually make connection with the believing community and then bring the weightiness of prayer and support behind what could happen, uh, I think it's profound. I think it's profound, and that's, and that's my hope. So uh, anyway, this has been great. Pastor Paul, one of our pastors, I'm going to have you come up and pray for this college man. Pray for, uh, pray for our congregation and uh, it's been a great, great time. Thank you so much. I get Carlos and Sham, so thank you so much. It's such a privilege to meet you. Of course, Seth and Eris, as always. You know, I know about all of you. I was just, I look at you, and I look at, uh, over and over you've been saying that word again, the power of the gospel. And you are living the power of Jesus Christ in and through you. The bravery the sacrifice that you're doing. You know, I look back to all our friends back in the desert. You know, if somebody turns their back on us or doesn't want to be part of our foursome golfing, we get a hurt feelings. <laughs> and here you guys are putting your families at stake, your lives at stake for this power, this name of Jesus Christ that changes lives like no one can ever imagine. I've been so touched and moved by your stories. Your sacrifice is just, it humbles me. It embarrasses me and my own self. And I look at my life, I don't know about the rest you're of you. You're provoking us to jealousy. See, I don't yes. know if you knew that, but you're provoking us yes. to jealousy. So I would love to pray that, Father, I just pray that the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, would fall upon this ministry in a powerful, powerful new way, Father. May you strengthen each and every individual who has their hand on this ministry, Father, as they reach out into the world. Because it's not about religion. It's about the name of Jesus Christ and the life that you came to bring to each and every one of us. Give them the strength and the words to lead your people. To make them understand that they are your kids. They are your children. They are sons and heirs of the kingdom of heaven. Father, so I ask this to fall upon them in the most powerful name in the universe, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, uh, don't leave church too early. Go out into the lobby and greet one another. And don't you guys leave because we're going to sit here and have lunch with our friends. And uh, this is going to be great. So uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, God bless church at the Red Door, and we love you.